It just doesn't feel like summer without an ice-cold Coca-Cola in your hand. Stop by your local convenience store today and grab a 20-ounce bottle of Coca-Cola or Coca-Cola Zero Sugar. Or pick up even more delicious refreshment with a 20-ounce bottle of Diet Coke, Sprite, or Fanta. So no matter how you soak in that summer sun, at home or on the go, grab an ice-cold Coca-Cola today and enjoy. Dear Constant Listener, you can now access Indian Noir Podcast on all your favorite podcasting apps or on IndianNoir.com, where each show is neatly organized under its own playlist. So go check out IndianNoir.com. While we are waiting for Season 2, Episode 10 of Fear FM, it is time for another edition of Indian Noir X, where I narrate real-life paranormal experiences that people have shared with me face-to-face or through my social media accounts, at Indianoir on Twitter or at underscore Nikesh Murali on Instagram. Feel free to share your true supernatural stories and don't forget to give me consent to read them on the show. The following content has been edited for narrative purposes. This is issue number two of Indianoir X. Jay writes, Dear Indianoir, I want to share with you a series of unexplainable events that happened to our family nearly two decades ago when we were children. My father, who worked for the National Highway Authority, was regularly transferred around the country. We were once transferred to Goa, and we ended up in a rented home not too far from the beach. It was an idyllic place, close to a church. When we moved into the house, there was a beautiful vase that the previous tenant had left there, which my mother promptly placed on the staircase landing with some roses in it. It was light blue with floral patterns embossed on it. My little sister and I shared a bedroom which was at the top of the staircase. After the first restful night of sleep, we woke up and rushed down for some French toast. My little sister reported that she kept hearing someone walk up and down the stairs. My mother, of course, ignored her comment. She said maybe it was my father coming late from work. But someone kept walking up and down like they were searching for something, my sister said. The next day at breakfast, my sister said that there was a man standing near the open door to our room. He just stood there looking at me, she said. I made fun of her and my mother said she was imagining things. I have to admit though, the way she described it made me nervous. She had never talked about imaginary friends or ghosts before. This continued on for the next two weeks. Every day she would tell us that the man had appeared in the bedroom. He seems to be coming closer every day, she said. How come your brother doesn't see this? My mother said angrily. In my sister's defense, I was a sound sleeper, so it was very unlikely that I would be disturbed by anything, even a vengeful ghost. I mean, jokes aside, the fact that the ghost was getting closer really terrified me. 
Also, how brave of my sister to not scream or run to my parents. It was almost like she was not afraid of it. She just accepted it as a valid phenomenon that needed to be appreciated. That night, I couldn't sleep even though I tried to. I thought I was too excited for the school holidays that were starting a week after. But no, it was something else. There was this electricity in the air. I could sense it on my skin. It was past midnight and I was still tossing and turning in my bed. Then I heard my sister whimper. I gently opened my eyes. And there, bent over and peering at my sister, was a man in a torn and tattered suit. Shadows hid the features of his face. I couldn't open my mouth even to scream. I have never felt such terror in my life. The man just observed my sister closely for a few minutes and then stood up straight and walked out of the room. We both trembled under our bed sheets and watched him exit the room. Believe me, even though it was a matter of seconds, it felt like an eternity. I got out of my bed and ran into my parents' bedroom shouting. My sister followed me. We explained what happened to our confused parents. My parents could see that we were badly shaken. We slept with them that night. The landlord is coming tomorrow. I will talk to him. My father reassured us. The next day, a man dressed in a white long-sleeved shirt and a white dhoti came with a worker to collect coconuts from the trees around the house. The landlord came in for a tea. My parents discussed the strange occurrences with him and he dismissed it as a fantasy, saying that he had never had such issues in the house. But then his eyes fell on the vase on the staircase landing. He said that he had seen that before at the funeral of the father of his previous tenant. It was used to decorate his grave during the ceremony. He said, I don't know what it is doing here. My sister and I shivered on the couch. My mother gave us a look of surprise and apology. I remembered the ghost's tattered suit, the shadows that swirled on his face. My mother then grabbed the vase and threw out the flowers and handed it to the landlord. Please get rid of this, she asked him. Even he looked a bit tense, grabbing the vase of my mother. Problem solved. We never had an issue after that. Neither my sister nor I encountered anything remotely close to that since the events in the house in Goa. Needless to say, I don't have any vases in my house. I don't think I could ever appreciate their decorative qualities after what I've witnessed that night. Every time I see a vase, I daydream. I think of a man at the door in a tattered suit inching slowly towards my sister, floating almost. I see him peering down at my sister in her bed, and then he slowly turns to look at me, catching me in the act of spying on him. Then he reaches out to me, and that feeling of unadulterated terror fills every cell in my body, the terrifying knowledge that I can't scream, even if I want to.